Welcome back to the Erie to Atlantic show. We hope that you had a fantastic 4th of July weekend. Uh, Hopefully you had some food, family, fireworks. Um, Took a little break there last week for the holidays, but we are back. We have a great episode ahead. Uh, I am Joey, the Chief Keller, and welcome my co-host today, Scout Hughes. Scout, how's it going? It's pretty good. Good Fourth of July break, but it's good to be back. So, love it. So, what was the uh, the highlight of your Fourth of July? <laughs> so, um, my family went down to the lake, and um, we went tubing. And um, I was in the middle, and so the, like there, we had this tube, and it has like three slots that you know three people can sit in. And um, I was in the middle, and the person in the middle never gets thrown off by the boat. No, you throw other people off the boat. Right, right, <laughs> right. But so it's me and my two sisters on the side, and my dad takes this sharp turn, and what he does is we go like way out on the water and my sister (laughs) she's on her stomach I'm on my I'm sitting down like you know uh like normal and her foot kicks me in the face and I go flying (laughs) I go flying off the middle and she goes flying with me and by the end of the and by the end of the time all three of us are off the float it's just crazy Sounds like amateur hour. Oh yeah, <laughs> my dad made made sure that we got thrown off. So I don't know. I was I was always pretty good. I haven't gone tubing in a couple years. I think the last time I went was at Young Life Camp two summers ago. But yeah. I I was like a low key pro. Not even gonna lie. Yeah, I I, I hate doing it with more than one person though because like they can start to push you off, and it's like right. I gotta get pushed off. Like, if you're going to fall off, that's fine. Like, you do you, but. Right. I was never a water skier. No, I'm not either. That. Well, I mean, both of us look like we could be on, like, an amateur offensive line somewhere. So, <laughs> I don't really know if water skiing's our thing. I know. Uh-uh. But tubing's fun. So. I'd rather be on a jet ski, like my dude Mobius. Oh, like a sea do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That would be lit. Never gone jet ski. I haven't either. However, 4th of July is over. It's time for some more sports talk. So we hope you enjoyed our traditional banter session, as you would. Still don't know if Scout knows what that means. Maybe, maybe not. You're never going to let that go. Nope, you and Jason are never going to let that go. And that's okay. No, that was uh, good times with my man Jason. I'm actually meeting Jason for lunch later this week. So going to show him around, trying to figure out the best place in Canton to go. Not really sure yet, but we'll figure it out. He's doing like a tour mm-hmm. of the baseball stadiums. Yeah, I, I got to start going to more. He's ahead by like – he's got twice as many as me. He's at like 11, and I'm at like five. Wow. Well, I've Can't only ask. been to 
two, I think. Well, we might be going to Yankee Stadium together, like wow. this semester or next semester. I don't know if he could deal with me in a car for like eight hours though, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if anyone can deal with me in a car for that long. I don't know if I can deal with myself in a car that long. Well, we'll see later. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. We'll find However, out. speaking of the 4th of July, there's one tradition of the 4th of July that is far superior to every other one. It's not fireworks. It's not grandma making mac and cheese. It's not the parades. It's not all that. The Nathan's Famous hot dog eating contest and once again our man joey chestnut the aka the glizzy gladiator as he is known broke his world record again which he does every year with 76 hot dogs second place had like 45 it wasn't even close second place. no it wasn't this dude, I think he's won 13 of the last 14 hot dog eating contests. Like, if that doesn't scream, like, Captain America or Uncle Sam to you, I don't know who is. I don't, yeah, I don't know what does. Name someone who's more America than that. I can't. I can't. Other, other than Uncle Sam, I just can't. Joey Chestnut is Uncle Sam. Like, one day when we're talking to our kids, like, Uncle Sam won't even be a thing. It's going to be Uncle Joey. <laughs> And as two men whose name is Joseph, I think we can take pride in that. Oh, yeah. Because, like, us Josephs, we're like our own little cult, you know? We stick together. We we got, like, a telekinesis type thing, kind of like twins have. Yeah. You think think when Joey Chestnut, like, just eats a hot dog on, like, a regular basis, like, that he refuses because he's just so sick of it? I don't know. I mean, if he was sick of it, he wouldn't be eating 76. No, like, because he only, like, there's one day out of the entire year where he eats so much. I don't know. That's, like, more hot dogs than I'll eat in, like, a two, three-year span. I Personally, the only time I eat hot dogs is if I'm at a cookout or at a baseball game. That's it. And it's got to be, like, a nice grilled hot dog. You know, get a little bit of, of charcoal in there. Like, I don't know how people just take a hot dog. Ain't, put it yeah. in like microwave or something. That is the nastiest thing. Ain't, ain't no drive-through stuff. No. No. Like I, I need it on a grill. Or the nostalgia of a, a baseball game. Like right. other than that, I, I will not eat a hot dog. Right. But. Yeah. So. Into some more popular sports that are more than a one-day-a-year event. We have reached the midseason point of Major League Baseball. The All-Star Game is a week from today, and it's been kind of a crazy year. You know, we've seen yeah. some new rules, the crackdown on spider tack, you know, some teams that we expected to be good, not doing good, and vice versa. So who is the biggest surprise team this year? For me, it's – I got to go with Boston because I didn't think that they'd be – because early on this year, at the top of the AL East, you had the Ray, like the the Red Sox were the middle of the pack, but I thought they would be de- on the decline. Because you got the Rays and the Blue Jays were actually pretty good, and then the Orioles are always the Orioles and dead last. But I did not expect the Red Sox to get fifty wins this quickly. I really didn't. So props to them. 
Yeah. I, when I look at the playoff picture for the American League, Houston leading out West, that I, I picked Oakland, but I'm not surprised by that. Um, Chicago in the Central, yeah, that makes sense. And then the wild cards, Tampa and Oakland, both great teams. And I see Boston. And Boston's currently tied for the best record in baseball with the Giants. <laughs> and for me, you're surprised he may be Boston, and you're a fan of an AL East team. Yeah. In the Rays. Well, as an NL West guy with Dodgers, I'm even more surprised by the Giants. How about the Giants? Say everyone said, like, yeah, they might float around 500 a little bit, but probably not going to be, be doing too much. And here they are at the top of baseball, which like, like the Giants are a half a game up on the Dodgers right now. Yeah. And I just, they had that, they had that big run early or not too long ago. And it's just like, what, what has flipped the switch? Like what's different about this year than other years before? I just don't get it. I'm it's, it's a total 180 for the, for the San Francisco. I mean, I think what it's been is it's their pitching. You know, they've had some pitchers for them, um, like Kevin Gosman, who's pitching below a two ERA. Yeah. Like, who saw that coming? Then it's like they were starting to become a retirement community, and now all of a sudden <laughs> guys like Buster Posey and Evan Longoria are defying father time and playing some of their best ball in years. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I'm sorry to bring up Longoria. I don't, no, you know, you're good. I you're hurt good. You a little bit, but like they, the dude's probably pushing upper thirties. You're right. And here they are. Well, 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 I mean, I think you can make an argument for either team. Right. Now, the thing about it is, is that the Dodgers have been on fire lately. Up until yesterday, they had one nine straight, um, and I think that this week. Coming in the all-star break, they will surpass the Giants. Um, yeah. However, the fact that, like, they're still this good throughout the whole the whole season, um, it, it's something to say. Yeah. And even if the Dodgers do pass them, they're still in a prime position for a wild card spot. You're right. And the fact yeah. that them making the playoffs is a great accomplishment. Right. So. But who were we talking about coming out of the NL West at the beginning of the year? We were talking about the Dodgers and the Padres. Where we, we weren't even thinking about the Giants. I wasn't even thinking about the Padres, but, yeah, sure, go off. Well, what, well, with the free agent signings and trades and acquisitions that they've made, I had them in there. But I wasn't even – like, San Francisco wasn't even in consideration. So – and now you have the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Padres – all have 50 wins, even though San Diego's like four or five games behind LA. But I just didn't see it coming. So, yeah. So that's going to lead me to my next point. The biggest storyline for this season, it hasn't been any specific team or player. Nope. <laughs> it has been the crackdown of foreign substances, specifically spider tack. And this started about two weeks ago. And a lot of pitchers, most notably Garrett Cole, who a lot of people were saying over the last couple of years is the best pitcher in baseball and the yeah. best pitcher in the American League, 
it's caused them to really struggle. Now, do you think that this is going to play a role for the rest of the season, that some of these guys are going to be able to get back um, the numbers that they had before this crackdown, or is this like a permanent slump for these pitchers? What are your thoughts? Well, I think it goes back because I saw something with um, – what is his name? He's a guy – he's a player for the Dodgers. Um, a pitcher? Yeah, yeah. Bauer, Bueller. Trevor Bauer. Baseball. Trevor Bauer. That's my and guy. Hashtag free Trevor Bauer. He was talking about how, like, he had an interview with someone. I think it was, like, with the Fox Sports affiliate of Los Angeles. He was talking about how, like, early on, like um, – Pitchers had to adjust to how great um, the players were batting because you have like Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge hitting, you know, tons of home runs a year. So you so you adjust and you, you know, you find out what is, you know, okay or legal to use. And now you're now you're flipping the situation. It's like, oh, well, now how can how how can batters figure out? How, how can they combat with what, you know, the pitchers are doing? And I think the only way to do that is kind of just, you know, tattletale on them and say, hey, this isn't right. Now, baseball has – this Major League Baseball has been, you know, using, you know, substances and they've had scandals all throughout, you know, going back to the, you know, the White Sox scandal in the early 1900s. And – I just to make a rule mid basically mid season that hey yep. you can't do this anymore. I don't think that's the right call. If you're gonna do something, make if if I'm Major League Baseball, if I'm Rob Manfred, do if something. Rob Manfred, I'm blocking your phone number right now. I hate that guy. <laughs> if he you're gonna so do bad. something, yeah. If you're gonna do something, do it during the off season. Do yeah. it while you have time to prepare. Now I know we're coming off of a you know, COVID ridden season, but at this point in life, COVID doesn't even matter anymore. You know what I mean? Like yeah, things are okay. I, mean, kinda. I, I wouldn't go I, that I get what far. you're trying to say. I wouldn't go that far, but like things are opening back, got back up. Things are getting back to normal. I would, I'm not, what I'm trying to say is I'm not going to use COVID as an excuse anymore. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah. I would try and I would just say, Hey, let's evaluate this in the off season and not, make such a big you know you're basically making a big commotion and you're making chaos now in major league baseball and you know i don't know how this will go out with the players association because <laughs> last year the players association already had enough you know crap to deal with with how many games they're going to play so it <laughs> my word it'll be interesting so yeah and the interesting thing about it with this happening mid-season, it gives these pitchers no time to adjust. Right. Um, and, you know, one of your guys, Tyler Glass now, got hurt. And he came out and said, he's like, look, I've been putting this stuff on the ball for as long as I've been pitching. And you can get mad at me for doing that, but it was never illegal. He's like, I saw a way to get an advantage and I took it. He's like, I wasn't cheating or I mean, breaking any rules because there's no rule there. And now in the middle of the season, you're going to tell me I can't do that and I just have to adjust like it's nothing. He's like, I got to go cold turkey, and now it's going to mess me up. 
and he's it's, blaming his injury on that. And it could be a season ending injury. And it's I not think even, it's yeah. a, a true point. Like, why are you going to do this in the middle of the season? It's not like, like he even found a loophole. He just found a different way to play the game. It wasn't, like, he wasn't even trying to be sneaky. It's just yeah. something they, they hadn't talked about. No, I forget. There was, there was a pitcher, um, like a couple weeks ago, he said this. He said, your grandpa's favorite pitcher from when he was a kid was putting stuff on the baseball. Like they're acting like this has been something that's been around for as long as the game has. Yeah. You know, back in like Babe Ruth's days in the early oh, 1900s, yeah. stuff like that. Man, they'd just put spit on the ball. They'd spit on it, rub it in there. Just... And they outlawed the spitball. Yeah. And so it's like players have always – if you really had a problem with it, you should have been more specific. Right. Because these are smart people. You know, these are multimillionaires that have done stuff their entire lives to get to this point. And they have found ways to make themselves better. Yeah. And, you know, eventually that starts to circulate. And people are like, oh, well – you got to be like mad at these players like you were mad at the Astros. Now they're going to expose them. Like, no, because they weren't specifically cheating. No. (laughs) If literally everyone does it, then it's not cheating. Like this is something that has been going on for decades. And I, I just think that I think it's stupid that the MLB is not letting them do it anymore. Like I understand why, but I think that it's kind of crazy but if they would have done it at the beginning of this season or at the end of this season, like after it's over and said, this is what's going to happen. I, I wouldn't really have a problem with it, but the way that they handled it, I just think was really poorly. Um, and that's why there's so many problems. And, you know, that doesn't just affect the player's side that affects the money side of things as far as, you know, cause everything can be gambled on now. Yeah, and it's just you know you're costing people these this much money, and like you said, if they had addressed this before the season or at the end of the season, I wouldn't have as much problem with it. And this <laughs> this is not a good year for Major League Baseball. Like the teams are fine, but the head people at MLB, it's not a good year for them. So yeah, well. With that being said, with all the crazy stuff going on, there is one thing that we know will happen. Yeah. And that is that there will be a World Series come late October. The fall classic. We're not 100% sure who will be in there because all you can ever do is guess. <laughs> like, who would have ever thought the Montreal Canadiens would be in the Stanley Cup final? But there they are. Right. Um, so who's going to be playing for the famed piece of metal? as our favorite commissioner calls it. So I've actually changed my prediction in the National League. I'm going to keep my prediction in the American League. My American League champion is going to be the Chicago White Sox. Um, At the beginning of the season, I had the San Diego Padres um, taking the American League, and I'm going to change it up a bit. Wait, you had the Padres winning the American League? Yeah, I had them as a wild card, yeah. Buddy, they're in the National League. No, no, I said I had the White Sox winning the American League. And then I had the for the Padres winning the National. No, you said you said Oh, Padres well, I'm sorry. That, that's I'm sorry. I was that's like, what I meant. Like, what? I'm sorry. This I'm sorry. That's what I meant. 
Yeah, uh, I actually have um, I have the Boston Red Sox winning the Super Bowl this year. Just want to put that out there. Lord have mercy. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I got the Dodgers winning it this this go round. I Come think on. that I think they're even with the Trevor Bauer um, stuff and everything else, which I think you know we're going to talk about the All Star game later. You know, I think there's one in particular Dodger that got snubbed, but whatever. Um, I think that I think that they're hitting on all the right cylinders at the right time. The Dodgers are. And I think it's going to really affect how, you know, how they play. And I really think it'll get them to the world series. So I got white Sox and Dodgers. And if you think about it, the Dodgers still aren't even fully healthy. So. Come on, come October. Yeah. Like the fact that they've been this good as of late and they still are missing some guys. Oh man, I they're gonna be good. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um. So for me, I had my infamous Toronto LA pick with the Dodgers repeating. Um, I'm sticking with the Dodgers out of the National League. However, Toronto has stumbled as of late. As of now, they're four games out of a wild card spot, and. They're a half a game behind the Mariners in the standings. So I can't pick a team to win a pennant that's not even ahead of the Mariners. So with that being said, I think that, oh man, this is tough. Because for a while I was thinking Tampa again. Ah. Um, but then they started to struggle. And then I watched Tampa's game against Cleveland yesterday with my buddy. I realize Kevin Cash still doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. Um, <laughs> this dude pulled Rich Hill in the fourth inning after he had only given up one run. That's what he does. He pulls pitchers at the wrong time. And then the guy he brought in gave up like three or four runs within an inning. I was like, yikes. You know, I – I want to say Boston here, um, but at the same time, I I just don't know how good Boston truly is. Like, I really – their pitching isn't great. Um, Part of me thinks that Boston is just a one-hit wonder. And it might be. Towards the middle and the bottom next year. You know, it, it might be. Um, however, because of that, Pitching wins in October, all right? And of the playoff teams right now, Boston has given up the most runs of the American League. I'm picking, and forgive me, Lord Bauer, for saying this, I'm picking the Astros to win the AL pennant. No. (laughs) And honestly, I kind of hope it happens. Because oh, you want, the Dodgers, the, the freaking Dodgers are going to drop the hammer on them. Oh, you want the rematch. You want the rematch. I mean, I want Houston to go 0-162 more than I'd rather see them get stomped in the World Series. But, I mean, I'd be about it. What, the I thing mean, is, Houston's playing good special. baseball, and they've got good pitching right now. Verlander still has a chance to come back later this year. Their fourth so don't forget about that. If the Dodgers were to make it, would that be their fourth straight? No, they uh, it went 
17 and 18, they lost to Houston and the Red Sox, both who cheated to win. Oh, they lost to Washington in 19. They lost to Washington off Howie Kendrick's grand slam in the 10th. I forgot about Washington. Oh, man, that was one of the wildest things I'd ever seen. And then last year, obviously, they won. So it would be four out of five years. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But, (laughs) But, yeah, four World Series in five years. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. So speaking on baseball, let's get to the all-star game because it's yeah. next week and the rosters were finally announced um, a couple days ago. Yeah. So my first question for you, who should be the starting pitcher in each game? I think um, for the AL, at least for me, it's pretty easy. I'll go with Carlos Rodon. He's just having a, Really, he's just having a really good year so far uh, for the National League. Obviously, with Jacob Degrom out, um, you know you got your choosing. Um, you can go with Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler. I mean, if you, even if you wanted to go down to to the Cubs, Craig Kimball, I think you know there's pretty legit options for the for the National League. But I'll go with I'll go with Brandon Woodruff for the National League from the Brewers. Brewers Loki have a sneaky good one-two punch. Yeah. Between Woodruff and Corbin Burns. Yeah. Both of those names that, like, not a lot of people know about. And whew, tell you what, that's a one-two punch. If they can sneak into the playoffs, which right now I'm actually the top. Really good, that's a one-two punch that can win you a lot of games. Yeah. Another team that I didn't expect to be yeah. as good. But. So, for me – my starting pitchers, I think it's – the National League is an absolute no-brainer with Jacob deGrom. Um, as long as he's yeah. healthy, I think he's the obvious choice. Um, at the American League, it, it's difficult because there's not one pitcher that stands out. Um, and it's like the person who you're going to pick, probably – it's like not really a big name. Because obviously Garrett Cole, Shane Bieber are two big-name guys um, that Bieber's hurt, so it won't be him. And Garrett Cole, honestly, yeah. shouldn't even be an all-star because he's kind of sucked was, this year. Was Bieber um, Cleveland's only all-star pitcher? Yeah. They should have had they should have had Aaron Savali in there as well. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm going to say Kyle Gibson for the Rangers. I think this guy is probably going to get traded at the deadline. He's had a great season for an abysmal team, and I I think he'd be a good pick. Or Lance Lynn, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Lance Lynn leads the American League in ERA right now. I might, like I said, might be wrong, but I think. You said leads the American League. No, actually, Kyle Gibson leads the American League in ERA. Then it's Lance Lynn. Well, close. Yeah, I, yeah. I go. I think you know. Looking at this, you know, Chicago's got a good, you know, pitching core between Rodon, Lynn, and Ken and Hendricks. It's it's gonna be scary. So, but yeah, I yeah. like I like Kyle Gibson starting. Yeah, it's a kind of a different pick, but it seems like every once in a while, like it's someone that you wouldn't really expect. Um. So another major I mean, storyline of this All-Star <laughs> game, um, 
another major storyline is the fact that Shohei Otani is going to be the first player in MLB history to play both ways as a position player and a pitcher, even though he's a DH. So I don't even know if that counts as a position player, but basically as a pitcher and a hitter. Right. Uh, the bottom line. We hadn't seen anything like Shohei since Babe Ruth. So. Yeah. Which was a hundred years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And the fact that it's taken this long and now like there's a lot of like international players especially over in Asia, whether it's Japan or Korea Mm -hmm. that are trying to do the same thing, because if you can play both ways, one, you're going to get bank because you are super valuable. And if you can do it successfully, you're going to get a lot of spotlight. Yeah. So you're going to get fame and money, which when it comes to sports are like the two best things. So I think that he's in Los Angeles. Yeah. He may be in Little Brother, Los Angeles, but it's Los Angeles regardless. So up next is I got to ask, because every single year there's always someone who's saying this dude got snubbed or this guy shouldn't even be an all-star. And we kind of talked about this earlier, but who's the biggest all-star snub for you? Or if you have a few, feel free to name a few. I gotta go with Justin Turner I don't I don't see I just don't see how he didn't get he didn't get selected I just I do not see it he was if you look at his numbers he's got 0.294 average batting average I mean on base percentage 869 I mean that's that's if you round up that's nine out of ten times that you get on base when you're at bat that's just freaking amazing. And I don't think the Dodgers get enough credit because they're so star-studded. Or I don't think he gets enough credit because the Dodgers are so star-loaded that, that you know, he might have just been the odd man out. But I don't think that – I thought that Justin Turner got snubbed. Another one, um, Taylor Walker, a pitcher um, for, the Met, for the Mets, I thought that he should have got – I think he's done a pretty good job in place of, um, excuse me, DeGrom filling in for when he's been out. Um, but those are my snubs. So, uh, I agree with you that the biggest snub is definitely Justin Turner. Um, the Like, Arnauto is a great player. And plus he was traded from – Colorado to St. Louis and the game is in Colorado. So I think that that kind of added some, and you got to remember, this is all fan voting based. Um, but the thing is, is Turner batting average 294 compared to 261 on base percentage, 387, 319 slugging 482 to 500 on was- baseball slugging 869 to 819. So that's he's the one I was pretty much at. everything. Yeah. That's the one I was looking at. I was looking at it wrong for on base percentage, but still yeah. the point still stands. Like he's having a better season. Like it I get that Arenado is a better name. Like that I understand that. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't be an all-star, but Turner is the best third baseman in in the National League this year. And the fact that he's not even an all-star reserve to me is ridiculous. Um, 
it i i just i don't know that and i'm not trying to be a dodgers homer here but the dodgers have three absolutely amazing pitchers and that if it weren't for jacob Degrom, all three of them could probably be cy young candidates two of them have won cy youngs one of them's right. even won an mvp and that's kershaw bauer and bueller um you know they're pretty much all are top three in era and strikeouts with a lot of wins um and the fact that not one of them got all-star to me is ridiculous like I I don't get that. That's that's what I'm saying. With when when Trevor Bauer comes back, it's going to be they're going to be because they're because the Dodgers are not 100 percent right now. But like we said, come October, you know, the 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 light will shine bright on Los Angeles. Yeah, and the thing about this is this whole Trevor Bauer situation to me is so fishy because Trevor Bauer has the receipts showing that like these accusations are pretty much bull and that everything that happened was consensual. Like the dude, he's got the freaking receipts. All right. Like you're cotton 4k here. You know, the, this thing that I really don't want to get into the, the politics of this, but I find it fishy that Trevor Bauer has been calling out major league baseball for two years. You know, if you think of the, Who's been the number one player coming at the Astros and coming at Rob Manfred and calling out Major League Baseball in the front offices as a whole? It's been Trevor Bauer. And now this thing just randomly comes out. You know, it to me, it's it's very fishy. And I'm the type of person who I'll look into the conspiracies of every situation. Yeah. And half the time I'll probably even believe it. I don't know. But it's like I don't take anything for face value until I look fully into it and look at the coincidences of the situation. And, yes, I'm also a diehard Trevor Bauer fan. I'll admit that. I feel like at this point, who's not? Well, Because he's just at a this guy. Point, at this point, maybe a week ago, who's not? Because <laughs> there are a lot of people who hate him now. Because the thing about it is, is there are a well, lot of people, especially when it comes to athletes, there are a lot of people who say you are guilty. Well, the moment there is an accusation, they're like, you are guilty until proven innocent. But the way I see it is our, in our country, I am not trying to get super political here, but technically in our country, you are innocent until proven guilty. And so until there is something right. released that proved that what he did was so wrong and that this girl wasn't literally asking for it, because as of now, that's what the proof says, is that the girl asked for it and got it. So until then, that something else comes out, to me, he's innocent. That's the way I see it. Yeah. And I, a I lot like, of people I mean, are going to give I me hate, crap for that. I mean, I hate the whole situation. Yeah. Like, I wish I wish nothing upon – I don't wish this upon anybody. But he has the receipts – and you know, if if the, if there was camera evidence or whatever, like this would change everything. But like, oh jeez, <laughs> you guys just gonna watch the film. Trevor Bauer. <laughs> no, Are you watch it. Trevor Bauer. Because you know, because this is not a funny thing to talk about. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> yeah, you should probably move on. We're we're just gonna move on. I I just wish I wish that. 
I wish the best for Trevor Bauer. That's all I'm trying to say. And I wish the best for the girl as well. I wish the best for everyone in the situation. Yeah. And obviously, like, this is a very fuzzy type thing because um, there, in both situations, you know, there are no text messages or proof of anything. Um, and so it's hard. And as a society, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault is definitely a rising problem. And it's a big deal. It, it's a very big deal. And so it, it's something that, that I hope can get fixed. But then again, it, yeah. it's very hard to track that and, and prove it all the time. Um, but with that, um, kind of an awkward transition into the home run derby. <laughs> so oh, most of the participants have been released. Um, about a half hour ago, it was announced that Matt Olson would be in it um, for, for Oakland. Uh, who's your pick for the home run derby? Excuse me. It's Otani. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any if ands or buts about it. I kind of just want to see him win it, and then have him show out in the All Star game, and kind of just say, "Huh, you know," because like pitchers, at least when I was growing up, pitchers would kind of just not participate in batting because they want to save up their arm and or save up their athletic ability. But I like that Shohei Otani is out here saying, "Oh, look, guys, you know." we can do both we being all the pitchers we can do both so i, I like to see otani win it so um i i definitely agree however i want to see trey mancini win it for a couple of reasons okay i've always liked trey mancini because he's a notre dame guy and you know me being oh. a giant notre dame fan um i i like notre dame professional players for the most part uh, the jury's still out on Chase Claypool. I wish he'd shut the hell up half the time. Um, however, in baseball, you know, I like Trey Mancini. Yeah. And then on top of that, he's had a remarkable battle back from cancer, playing at an all-star level on a team that sucks. Um, and so I'm really happy for him. Yeah. And I would love to see him go out there and win. I think that would be awesome. Um, however, I also really like Shelly Otani. He's always, I've been rooting for that guy since he came over a few years ago. Um, so I'd be okay with either of them winning it. Um, now we still have two participants that haven't been announced. Um, but I gotta say, I'm really disappointed that Vlad Jr. is not going to be in it, especially yeah. after the show he put on two years ago in Cleveland. Um, that would have been awesome. But he's an all-star. Yeah. But he's not. Like, did he – he didn't choose to be in it. He just wasn't in it. He, he declined. He declined an invite. He got an invite and declined. Yeah. Like, I really don't know why. Like, give the people what they want. <laughs> he, he was one swing of the bat away from winning it two years ago. I don't know. Oh, well. Tatis isn't going to be in it either, but I'm honestly okay with that because that's 90% of social media is, <laughs> look what Tatis did today. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. 
like the people who run um the social media for like the MLB and all that like they have bruises on their knees from talking about Tatis so much um it is it, it's like the Pat Mahomes or Zion Williamson it's like that that's all they want is just look at this it's a really good hitting shortstop that like we have never seen that before yeah i mean you have but all right cool he's good i get it Ooh. now when they talk about otani like that i get that because that is something we haven't seen before yeah like what otani's yeah. doing this dude is out here with like a 350 era while also hitting 450 foot bombs um he's putting it in that's impressive that deserves all the social media hype. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, we've talked a lot of baseball. Yep. However, we're going to switch it up to the sport of the north. Old stick puck action with some hockey. We're in the Stanley Cup finals. Somehow the Montreal Canadiens are there. Um, I mean, they're kind of there. They're, like, hanging by a thread. <laughs> After I still last, can't believe that they, like, yeah. that they beat Vegas. Um, to me, that was remarkable. I'm, However. Even though I got – even though I technically got my prediction wrong, I did say that if Montreal wins game six – or I'm sorry, if they win game five, then they'll win game six at home. But yep. I see – yeah. But. So, last night, um, the Habs entered the series down 3-0. And in what was one of the most exciting games of the playoffs so far, they won three to two in overtime. It was the best game of the series. Oh, for sure. Well, games one through three were nowhere near close. Yeah. It was a snooze fest. Um, However, they staved off elimination. They will not get swept. However, they're still down 3-1. And two of the remaining three games are road games in Tampa which is one of the best home ice advantages in hockey. Yeah, so just me. Is there any chance whatsoever that they can make a comeback? I think anything is possible. I mean, I think because I didn't have them, you know, I didn't have them beating Vegas and I didn't have them beating, you know, all the other, you know, well, Toronto, you know, just blew it. it. Like but, you know, yeah. <laughs> But regardless, I think there's there's something about Montreal that they're just like, you know, let's get back to how we once were winning all these Stanley Cups. I think I think they got a legit chance. It'll take it'll be tough because like we've been saying all year, this Tampa defense, it's it's no joke. It's for real. So, yeah, well, and I'll it's anchored by Vasilevsky and Net, and that dude yeah. ever since that Columbus series. And when it came to the playoffs last year and this year, he has been phenomenal. Like he has been so good and it's, it's just crazy. Um, so, I mean, I think that the only chance that Montreal truly has in this series is like if Vasilevsky gets hurt or a major injury, which I'm not – I hope that doesn't happen. Like, I'm not hoping – I'm not wishing injury on anyone, but I, I think that that's probably the only way that that they they have a shot. Yeah. Um, 
but I mean, I, I don't know. Like you said, anything can happen. We didn't expect them to be this far. So who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> you, yeah. you just never know. But I, I think that I think Tampa wins tomorrow night and that's that. So I got to ask, yeah. assuming Tampa wins, I mean, I, I assume that that's your pick to, to win the series at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So who do you think um, deserves the Con Smith trophy? I mean, like you said, Andre Veseliski has been playing really good, but, you know, they don't give they don't give the Con Smythe to goalkeepers, do they? They have a separate award. I mean, I don't really I don't I don't think that I think they can. I just don't know if they ever have. Okay. Well, in that case, I, I mean, I see Zaleski having a good shot at winning the Conn Smythe. I also think Braden Point, could, you could make a case for him winning the Conn Smythe as well. But then again, Tampa Bay has to win. What is it, tomorrow night? Um. Yes. Yeah, they, they got to win tomorrow night. So, I, But, yeah, Vasilevsky and Braden Point are my Conn Smythe trophy uh, candidates for Tampa Bay. Um, so yeah, a goalie can win the con the con Smith trophy. Okay. Um, so I, with that said, um, I, th- I think that, that it goes to Vasilevsky because he's, he has been so good. Um, yeah. So I, the thing is, is I wish that like Carey Price deserves an honorable mention, especially last night. I mean, in overtime when they were on that penalty kill, Carey Price made like three, four, five amazing saves that literally saved the season uh, for Mark. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's been phenomenal all playoffs. He's been roughed up a little bit, though, uh, games one through three. But he's really the only chance that Montreal has of coming back in this series. Um, but I, I don't know. So, I mean, we asked, like, what the key to both teams' successes is, is. I mean, obviously, a little bit of Cinderella magic for Montreal. But I really think for both teams, key to their success has been goaltending. Both of these yeah. goalies are just so good. I will add that. Tampa, Tampa, I think for Tampa, they just got to keep doing what they've been doing all year. I think that the game four loss, you know, they lost in an overtime, one goal difference. I think that was, I think that kind of was just a fluke for them. I think if they just keep doing what they've been doing all year, then they'll win tomorrow night. Um, but yeah, like, like, you know, me and you were talking about earlier, Montreal, it's kind of, they need some of that Cinderella magic. They need some luck on their side. And uh, so, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I would feel uh, if a Canadian team won, just because you know we're American and all. But I don't really like Tampa Bay either, because you know I'm a, I'm a Canes fan. So whatever. Yeah, I pretty much always, I pretty much always root against uh, the Canadian teams, just because I always found it funny that you know it's a Canadian sport and we dominate them yeah here in their own sport so i mean it's like 
I don't know. Someone's gonna say I'm like racist towards Canadians or something. I, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, Canada, Canada, U.S. has always been like kind of a mini rivalry, I guess, in some things. Yeah. So it's like we joke, say that they're like our little brother. Yeah, I was about to like, say it's, like, play, it's like when you're brother. playing your little brother in like Madden or something, like you want to beat him every time. Yeah, so him. it's yeah. a patriotic thing. It's not like a I got nothing yeah. against Canadians. Canadians are some of the nicest people ever. Like they're super yeah. chill. Like I love Canada. They made great maple syrup. They invented hockey. So like they're dope. Respect. They're, they're pretty dope. Again, yeah. It's funny watching them lose at their own sport. <laughs> um so I gotta ask though, and this is a term that has been thrown around a lot since the pandemic started and then the sports resumed, especially last year with the bubbles. Um is this ring a Mickey Mouse ring, as some people like to call it, in any way? I don't think so. I don't think so. And it's just because yeah, we yeah, you had to, you know, realign divisions into four divisions as opposed to as opposed to what we've had with um, putting all the Canadian teams in one division, calling it the North division and having Montreal win the West, the Western conference championship. I, but even with that, I wouldn't call this a Mickey mouse ring. I think, I think whoever wins the series, you know, it's, it's legit. I mean, you know, yeah. you can even go back to the bubble. I think the Lakers, the, the ring in the bubble in Orlando, it was a legit ring. I mean, you know. Yeah, I think that ring for the Lakers, like they were at a more disadvantage than other teams because the Lakers right. were that was right far and away going to win a championship that year. Um, and then they still did in the bubble. The thing about this is, is like, I don't think it is either because if you think about it, all the teams have to go through this stuff. Yeah. Now, for Montreal, I mean, being in the North Division, it was a lot weaker than some of these other divisions. However, you look at it's like if Montreal somehow comes back and wins, they beat the defending champs in Tampa Bay, who it's a great team. Yeah. And then they would have beat Vegas, who was like the barely, barely, barely lost the president's trophy. Yeah. Um, so it's like for them, obviously. And then they, they beat the one seed in the North, Toronto. Um, and then for, <laughs> you know, for Tampa Bay, um, they took down Carolina. Props to them. Yeah, which I was – I really wanted Carolina to win that. I, they're Sorry. just such a fun team to watch. They really are. Oh, I love them. I love those bunch of jerks. <laughs> um, so, if anything, I think the real line actually helped Tampa. But at the same time, Tampa's a really good team. Um, and so, I – Their defense, man. Every – you know, it's just the way that the cards fall. Yeah. And it, going back how to it the is. You can only You can only play with the cards you dealt. Right, and, and so going back like, to the bubble in Orlando, you're talking about playing with the cards you're dealt. I mean, I hear people talking about, oh, the Clippers didn't have everybody because some people opted out. Well, that was their choice. That was their choice to opt out. That's just how the cards fell. You know, there's no – it's kind of like a too bad, so sad, deal with it sort of thing. Like, yeah. So. But speaking of the Clippers, <laughs> fell to the Suns. And Chris Paul is finally going to an NBA Finals. Um, and on the other side, rest <laughs> in peace to our dear friend Danilo Giuliani Gallinari. His team was finally bested by the Bucks, and they're 
slight Cinderella story had ended. But one last time. We love you, Gallinari. At least I do. I can say that I'm speaking for Brandon. We'll see you next year. It's been fun. You had a, you had a good season, Mr. Uh, Giuliani. You had a good season. Or you had a good series. You had a good series. Good playoffs. I mean, you got to give respect to to the Hawks. Oh, yeah. Um, breaking, you know, breaking off from the Atlanta sports curse. And, you know, the Knicks series, I don't really consider it much of an upset. But then taking down the Sixers, that one game that they came back was – insane um and then then they took like and they took the bucks to six games yeah like kind of a hobbled team now granted the bucks were two but the thing is is that's a very young team i think nate mcmillan's a great coach and indy really screwed up and letting him go um but i i think that uh I think that that the Hawks are going to be a very good team for years to come. I don't, I don't think this is a fluke. I think it's a young team um, that's poised for a lot in the future. And yeah. Trey Young's in what his third year? Uh, third or fourth? Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah, they just re-signed uh, Nate McMillan to a four-year extension. Yep. They took off the interim tag. Which I think is fantastic. I think Trey Young, John Collins, and um, obviously the core around them. It was just that Bogey Capella coming off of a mid-year coaching firing. Yeah. So. Now, granted, let's never forget that the greatest team to ever fire their coach throughout the middle of the year was the 2015 Cavaliers. They won a ring. Came down, came back from down three to one, yada, yada. You know that story. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. You know, you know, we all know how that goes. Yeah. Um, so I guess, can the Bucks win the finals without Giannis? Or, because I, I highly doubt he'll be out for the whole series. Um, wow. So it's like, can even if they can't, if he's not up for the whole series, are they going to be able to steal a game or two without him? Is that possible? I think they can steal a couple games, but I don't think that they'll ultimately win the series without Giannis. It's because Giannis was even even though the Bucks closed out the Hawks in the sixth game, and you know for the most part they were leading for the most part in Game Five against Atlanta, but um, I just don't see. Milwaukee winning the series with without Giannis. I mean, granted, Chris Middleton is a fantastic player, and I've seen that in the playoffs now. And like, he's not flashy or makes the big plays, but he makes his shots. <laughs> like, and that's all you need yep. a guy to do. And you know, Drew Holiday stepping up, and you got their oh, the, yeah. their young core, you know, working hard, going at it. But if you don't have your two time MVP going against Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Payne, Cam Johnson. 
<laughs> like, don't, for, don't forget Bridges. Bridges! Oh my God! Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I don't. I just don't see that. I just don't see Milwaukee getting past him. I don't. All right. So he is questionable for game one. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think he'll miss game one. I think that they'll play it safe. Uh, kind of have it as a feel out game. Um, so a big thing that a lot of people have been talking about is videos of the Suns celebrating in the locker room, you know, um, just like spraying, I think it was like champagne or something, dancing yeah. with the the conference finals trophy. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, they're going to lose because they can't handle themselves. You know, job's not finished, still need four more. Is it acceptable for a team to celebrate winning their conference? I think I'm going to say yes, just because this, you know how like growing up, you know, coaches tell you act like you've been here before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> no one on this Phoenix Suns team has been here before. So I'm not going to bash them for celebrating their conference finals win at all. Just because, you know, just li- live in the moment. Don't be, don't get pissed off just because someone else, you know, like it's not that it's not that it's not that like their expectations are set at the conference finals. Yeah. It's just that once that celebration is done, it's like, Oh yeah, let's get to work and set the bar even higher to the NBA championship. So I'm not going to flash them for that. I think that, uh, I think the most in, important thing to realize is like, there is one player on the Phoenix suns that has been to a finals before. And that's Jay Crowder. He made it last year with the Heat. Yeah. Other than that, that's that's a very young team. Outside of guys like Crowder and Chris Paul, like a lot of people are between the age of like 21 to 25, 26. So they're young. They're inexperienced. Yeah. And so it's like it's not a bunch of old heads who have done this time and time again. And the thing about it is, it's like you just won your conference finals. You're go- your team is going to the finals for the first time in – was it 28 years, I believe? It was Since 1993. So I think if my math is right, that's 28 years. So you do something, especially since no one expected you to do it at the beginning of the season. And, you know, the way that they made it here, taking down the reigning champs and LeBron James, um, then the MVP this year and Jokic in a sweep. In a sweep, yeah. Yeah. I, I think they have every right to celebrate as long as it's like, you know, the one thing my high school football coach told me something um, once well, he told the team and it made perfect sense. You know, we would win a game. He said, enjoy it tonight, tomorrow, act like it never happened. Right. You know, it's like they're in the locker room and for the rest of the night, they're going to enjoy it, especially since they had a few days yeah. before they even knew who they'd be playing. So it's like, take a day to enjoy it, you know, because if you don't win the finals, then it's like, you never got a chance to be happy in the moment. What you said, live in the moment is correct. Obviously you have to look into the future a little bit, but it's like, don't take those things for granted. Yeah. You know, because you don't know if you'll ever get that chance again. 
now so i think for all the people who are slamming on them for doing that are just like they're just bitter you know they're probably the people who get pissed off when someone hits a home run on a 3-0 count you know but but like um but i will say this you can yeah celebrate now but make sure you back it up later yeah i mean is it risky to celebrate now Eh. Some might say it, some might not, but just back it up later. Yeah. So with that, your finals prediction. Who wins? Who in how many games? Who gets the finals MVP? And who gets what some people call the LeBron Award, the MVP of the losing team? Because even when LeBron lost in the finals, the dude was still dropping like 40 points a game. Yeah, when LeBron when LeBron lost in the finals, he was still the best team between both best player between between both teams. Oh yeah, I'm not going to dispute that at all. But um, uh, depending on if Giannis plays, if he does, I got the Suns in six. If he doesn't, I got the Suns in five. I think it's really I think it's a one game difference. I think Chris Middleton might. I don't think I think Chris Middleton will help Milwaukee win either game three or four back in Milwaukee. But other than that, I just don't see, I don't see it happening, but um, finals MVP. I'm smiling right now because we talked about this months and months ago. (laughs) I like, we're talking about how like Chris Paul should be the MVP of the season, which I, you know, Mm -hmm. I truly do think so. Um, I think he'll win finals MVP. I do. And if there is, if there's a LeBron award, LeBron MVP for the losing squad, I do think Giannis will come back in this series, but I really don't think it'll make that much of a difference. I'll give the LeBron MVP award to Giannis Antetokounmpo. So. For me, I got Suns and six. I think that the Suns, it, it's just meant to be their team of destiny. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm loving – I'm just loving every bit of it. I love Chris Paul. Dude's been my favorite player for like a decade now. Um, I got Suns and Six. Give that MVP award to my man Chris Paul. Yep. Been a long time coming. Um, even though I'm sure Booker will probably deserve it, but they'll, they'll give it to Chris Paul. Um, and then I think that the losing one, I think it'll be – It'll be Drew Holiday. Okay. Because I think Giannis might miss a game or two. And I think Drew Holiday, you know, when Giannis was out at the end of that Atlanta series, I mean, Middleton was good and all, but, like, Holiday really stepped up um, when a lot of people had forgotten about him. Right. And I think that he's going to do that again. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he stepped up, you know, in big time if Giannis – doesn't play uh, tonight, so. But now it's time for the best segment of the week. <laughs> it is the Trash Can of the Week Award presented by our friends Jose Altuve, Carlos Crea, Alex Bregman, and the rest of your Houston Astros. Let's get it. Trash Can of the Week. Garbage. Right there. Oh, there you go. Right there. You right see him there. in there? Oh, right there. Well, he could Garbage. 
Garbage. All right, aside from Terrell, how big is it for you? Garbage. I ain't talking about nothing else. I'm happy we won. All right, cool. Terrell Pride, garbage. All right. <laughs> now, you're up trash, first. Trash can drum roll, please. <laughs> but um, I gotta go with the I gotta go with Patrick Beverly here. Him um shoving Chris Paul at the end. Actually, Patrick Beverly's whole attitude during the Western Conference Finals, making fun of Chris Paul while he was on the ground, which I don't think was a flop. And then him shoving Chris Paul in the back. Man, come on, man. You can't you can't do stuff like that. I he should have got tossed for making fun of Chris Paul earlier in the season, and I'm glad he got tossed in in um, the elimination game. So Patrick Bowley can, you know, enjoy your off say. season. Uh, no, it's not a particularly nice thing to say, but he can, you know. Yeah, uh, let better. me know how Cancun is this time of year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for me, my my trash can of the week comes out of baseball. Yeah. Um, so, a, a week or so ago, like two weeks ago, um, the Dodgers were just been swept by the Padres starting a new series at home with the Cubs, you know, and we're like, all right, you know, that was a rough series, but we're going to do good this series, get back on track. What do they do? They get no hit and a combined no hitter since then. The Dodgers won nine straight until last night, losing to the Marlins. However, the team that no-hit them, the Chicago Cubs, are 0-10 since that game. (laughs) They went from like a game out of first place in the Central to eight and a half back. They're a game under 500 now. So my trash can of the week is the Bleacher Creatures and Wrigleyville. Bill Murray and all those weirdos out in Chicago and the Cubbies take home the coveted award. Yeah. I heard it's hunting season in, um, in Los Angeles for, for bears. So (laughs) we need to tell Josh. So an honorable mention though, for trash can of the week though, the giants released their city uniforms yesterday and they're ugly. Ew. Yeah, they were bad. I don't know if you saw those. It was I like, saw I saw them. I thought it was okay. Like I didn't like they're they're not the best jerseys in the world, but at least they're being innovative and coming up with something. But it's like have you seen like the Dallas Mavericks trash can or trash bag jerseys? What, the graffiti ones? No, 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 no. I'll um uh, you'll have to text me after the show. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There's some there's some bad uniforms out there. Maybe uh maybe next episode we can break down some of the yuckiest uniforms. I yeah. work at a at a hat and jersey store now, so it's like I get to I get to sell jerseys. We have That's some really cool. good ones. And uh I really want to get a Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys. I think that that was like the greatest jersey in NBA history. Yeah. You know, this is the second episode I've read that we've closed with talking about throwback jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Chris Paul OKC Hornets jersey in the yeah now. So, well, I got nothing else to say. I think I got everything out. Anything else from you, my guy? It's it's good to be back from the from the holiday, and I I do look forward to the um the finals in in NHL and NBA. So. 
yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. You know, we got the NBA finals, Stanley cup finals, all-star game coming up in a week. Yeah. Oh, we're only a month away from the preseason for football. Yeah. And we go back to school. Shut up, Scout. Shut up! Sorry, 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 sorry. (laughs) Next month. I'll I'll be back. I'll even mention that. Sorry. Don't. I'll be back August 16th if you need me. (laughs) I'll be back probably the day before classes start. (laughs) I don't need to get there early. I know my way around. Yeah. So that's all we got for today. For Scout, the Joseph Hughes, I'm Joey, the Chief Keller, wishing you a great day and a happy late 4th of July. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Things we love, like our chicken fries and cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio. Love in my mama's eyes Feel the touch of a precious child And know a mother's love Gets a little chicken fried And cold beer on a Friday night A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio up A lot to see the sunrise See the love in my mama's eyes Feel the touch of a precious child And know a mother's love